on their back. Ryan Miller joins us in a few minutes. Also, later in the program, we'll be joined on this Tuesday by Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike will catch us up on all things IU, basketball, recruiting, and much more. And then, you know, uh, this is the first show, really, the first Tuesday, except a few, uh, that we don't have Mike Pegram. Mike is now in, in the world of retirement, uh, still the owner of the Peaks.com website. But Jeff Rabjohns, uh, a familiar voice over the years on this show, uh, now the publisher of that site. And he's going to be with us some Tuesdays, and he's scheduled to join us a little bit later in the hour today. And I, I want to save the conference stuff for Jeff because he's got some really good takes and insight on things. And so Jeff Rabjohns with us in segment number three today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And a reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you. Love to get your questions and comments and topics and whatever it is you want to say. As long as it's reasonable, I'll get it on the show. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And at Thornton's, it's Summer Cash Bash. One lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries if you purchase top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more items using your Refreshing Rewards card. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, there's no issue with that. You can text REWARDS to 80313. That's REWARDS to 80313 today. And a busy show and glad to be back and lots to get to. So let's get right to our first guest, Ryan Miller, the coach of Providence with me today. Coach, once again, let me say this, congratulations on a state championship. It seems like it was just yesterday, uh, but some months have passed now since that big title run by your pioneers. And uh, now we get a chance to catch up after summer basketball. So congratulations again and great to have you back on the show. Hey, thanks, Matt. Uh, always great to be with you. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, yes, it it does feel like it was just yesterday, especially uh, you know this year when it's time to start up summer ball. We all kind of looked at each other and said, "Feels like we were just here." But it, it was good to be back together with our uh, new group of guys and and get things rolling. Coach Miller, uh, one of my most fun things over the summer when things slow down a little bit is to recap uh, what the summer looked like. It's, you know, summer basketball, it's a time for, I think, the coaches and players to really put in some hard work and practice. And nowadays you get to play some games and maybe even get to play in front of some college coaches as well. But it's a time really for hard work. It's not really a time for fanfare and for big crowds and uh, so forth. Yeah, you get parents and some family that come to games. But one thing I enjoy doing is after this month of June passes and summer league ball comes to a close – is kind of have the local coaches on and, and say, how did things go? And what do you expect for this upcoming season? So you're the first hoops coach that we've had on post-summer league. Uh, how did things go for the Pioneers, who I think are expected to, to be a very uh, very solid team and very competitive team here in our area next season? Yeah, you're right, Matt. It is Summer is a lot of hard work. You know, you, as you well know, uh, I hope you had a nice restful vacation as you deserved it with all the hard work you put in <laughs> thank you uh there and you know your, your team of you know staff there who, who just do a great job to allow us here in uh, southern indiana and louisville to just play top tier competition uh over the course of the summer uh we're very fortunate to have you know your league right here in our own backyard for us to play 
you know, some of the top teams, uh, you know, over in Louisville for us Southern Indiana schools and then vice versa for the Louisville schools. Um, it's a great thing, you know, face top tier competition that, that you're not going to see, you know, typically during the season, um, you know, some different styles of play and definitely challenges our guys in ways that, uh, really prepares them for the upcoming season. You know, as you said, it's, it's not a bunch of fanfare, but, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's hard work, but it's, it's exciting in that you get to see guys step up into new roles. You know, it's a, it's a great time of, uh, learning. It's a time of transition for really for all teams. Uh, some teams more than others, you know, if you lose, uh, key members and even, you know, even if you maintain several key members, there are still different roles, uh, to learn and, and to fill. And that's why the summer is just so valuable. I mean, I, as you well know, and as probably most of the listeners do who are high school basketball fans, you know, it's, it's now a time of usually, uh, you know, I think for most programs, I'd probably say 15 to 20 plus games, you know, for their varsity squad to get in. Um, you know, JV and freshmen getting some games in as well. So, uh, and of course, when you're not playing games, you're practicing. Um, so it's, it's just a, a really key moment. Uh, for Indiana basketball programs uh, at the high school level to really prepare for, for what's coming next. Coach Miller, one of the reasons I wanted to start with you as we kind of do our summer reviews of local teams, you guys had a very active summer. You didn't just play in the league locally on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but you took your team to Wright State. You went 2-1 two and, two and one there against some good competition from, I know, the state of Ohio and Michigan. You rematched yeah. with Eastern Hancock. That was a classic game, uh, one that I'll always remember because of the Max Beatty three-pointer uh, at the Charlie Hughes shootout up in Carmel in front of some college coaches last weekend. And you had some 4A battles up there in Indianapolis at that Charlie Hughes event as well against Christmas Addicts and Hammond Central. And then you went down to U.S. side, down near Evansville, and they had a little tournament. You won that, beat some really good teams, including some big schools. So I know you can't take that and, and run with it, that it's going to be a, a, just a banner year once again necessarily at Providence. But there were some things that unfolded over the month of June, both with your full roster and I think early on without because of baseball and other conflicts, that I think should have you excited about what this Providence team could return next season. Oh yeah, that's 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 right, Matt. Um, it was definitely a busy summer for us. Um, you know, we can thank uh, Coach Block for pushing the envelope. <laughs> continue to say, well, let's let's play here, let's play there. <laughs> I think I think we had. Uh, oh gosh, uh, and I know it's it's not it's not just us. I talked to another coach. Uh, I think down in uh, when we were playing Evansville Central down at USI, they had just got back from Purdue, and he had said something like, "This was their fifteenth game that week." And uh, we, we had a week similar to that as well. Uh, it's it's definitely a gauntlet. It's a test, you know, for for all of our teams, our our, our players, our coaches. Um, but it's it's well worth it because, as you said, you kind of get to see what uh, you know. You get a little glimpse. You get some glimpses of of what what you might have in store. Um, you know, and it's good. It's good early on. You know, we as you said, we competed as do many teams. You know, you're competing without your full roster. Um, that's a challenge. You know, last summer we, we went almost the whole summer without our full roster because our baseball team, you know, went to the state finals. Uh, this year had another nice season, but we got them back, you know, a little bit sooner. Um, and, yeah, early on you're competing with kids, you know, throwing kids out there against some top-tier uh, competition who 
you know, last year we're used to playing JV ball exclusively, and now you're you're kind of tossing them out there, and it's a good experience for them. You know, uh, you get to see where they're at. Uh, you know, you get to see obviously both your strengths, uh, but just as importantly, and maybe even more importantly, you get to see, get to see some of your weaknesses. You know, so uh, that that's that that's what you want to see. You know, during during the summer, you want to challenge yourself and. You know, I appreciate the great competition we faced in uh, in your league uh, here locally, and then also going up to, as you mentioned, Wright State, playing one of the top teams in Michigan. Um, you know, facing uh, some top tier Evansville competition down at USI, and then of course in Indianapolis, facing you know the best that the state has to offer up there. So you know, it, we we were competitive. That's the thing. I I think you know you want to you want your guys to compete. You know, and then from there you want to get better. That's what the summer's about. So, if your guys show up to compete, then then you're going to improve. And uh, especially when you're facing top tier competition, like we got to face many of the big boys, uh, both in your league and then throughout. You know, these other tournaments, it definitely, uh, you know, it prepares you, and and you feel you feel somewhat battle tested to a degree coming into the season. Ryan Miller of Providence joining us as we begin to do our summer reviews of some of the local high school basketball clubs here in the area. And Coach Miller, one of the things that I fondly remember, there are so many moments from that state championship run, but one of the things that I fondly remember was watching Casey Kalen uh, really put his A game on display, especially in that 2A state championship game. And the good news for Pioneer fans is Kalen is back uh, for another year of basketball and sports at Providence. And I know he had a really good summer. And as you think about next year, some of the roles that are going to have to be filled and some of the faces that won't be with you when the roster is formed for the 22-23 season, Kalen will be a big dog on the roster. And he had a big summer to set him up for, I think, a big another big season. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, uh, you know, as you said, we lost some some key members. You know, four starters. Um, you know, great senior leadership. Uh, you know, kids that will be uh, sorely missed. You know, and Max Beatty, Grant Williams, Tyler Simmons, and Cade Carver. Uh, they each played their role uh, very well, and uh, other guys will have to step up. You know, to do the many things they did. But we do feel very confident. Uh, you know, in the in the core group we have coming back. And in the core group that uh, are ready, we feel to step up. Uh, Casey is certainly uh, one of those guys, you know, at the top of the list right there. He just had a phenomenal uh, postseason run, you know, kind of, you know, and, it, and honestly for us, it, it didn't it didn't surprise, you know, or shock us, you know, in our province basketball program. Uh, you know, we we know the kind of player he is and that he's ready to step up and make winning plays for our team. And he, like so many of our guys, you know, last year during that stretch, just continually stepped up in, uh, in ways that, uh, you know, we knew they could. Um, but to see it all come together like that was, was phenomenal. And now it's, uh, now it's this next group's turn, uh, you know, to understand what their role is going to be and to uh, fill those voids. And like I said, we, we feel like we have a good, strong group of, of uh, experience uh, leadership and and basically Kalen, uh, you have Quentin Hesse, Jaden Johnson, and Grant Siebold. Those four kind of rounded out our top eight from uh, last season. They all have you know big game experience, um, and as you said over the summer, you know then they had a chance to step up into these new roles 
and we've been very pleased with our other guys, you know, who were on the varsity roster and key players on the JV team last year to see that they're, you know, ready to, to step up hopefully next year. And over the summer, they showed us some glimpses of, uh, you know, of what they're going to be able to do. Ryan Miller of Providence joining us here on this Tuesday program. Coach Miller, one big change as far as the postseason goes when the realignments were released earlier this offseason by the IHSAA, one major change in your sectional field, and that's that Brownstown drops from 3A back down to 2A and is in the same sectional as, as your Providence team. So Brownstown, always a solid program in southern Indiana. They're going through a really good time right now. Coach Benner's son, Jack Benner, is a top-flight player that's beginning to get even some high-major scholarship offers. So, again, that's a long way between now and the postseason, uh, and so there's a lot of games and improvements and things that will happen between now and then. But one big thing that fans, I think, should be excited for, and your team I know will be a big challenge, is uh, a new big opponent in Brownstown right there out of the gate in the first uh, few days uh, of the state tournament. Yeah, well, I'm sure everybody else is excited about it. We're not. <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, uh, as, as you know, at the beginning segment of your show, you talked about, you know, you don't know what next year is going to, you know, what the forecast is for our area high school basketball. And, uh, you know, I mean, some years we know we come in and it's going to be loaded, as, as we've had several years in the recent past where that was the case. Uh, for, for, for myself, my, my coaching staff and our program, we're certainly focused on, on what our sectional, you know, uh, what our sectional looks like. Uh, obviously every year, but, but this year, you know, as much or more than ever because the competition is just so very stiff. Um, and it's not just Brownstown, but I will say Brownstown, to me, uh, I might be biased, but I, I, I almost I saw play a little bit over the summer. Obviously, we faced them at the end of last season. They are not only a 2A title contender. If they were in Class 3A, I believe they would be a Class 3A title contender. And potentially, if they were 4A, they might be a, a big-time contender and maybe the favorite for that 4A sectional. That's, that's how good I think they are. Um, you know, and, and like I said, it doesn't just end with them. Um, you got several other schools in our sectional that are very tough. Uh, you have uh, Peak and Eastern that moved into our sectional as well, who has really nice guard play, and of course their six ten uh, center Cherry. Um, and then Clarksville is going to be dangerous. Uh, Southwestern Hanover is at their place, so they're always dangerous there. And um, you know it, it doesn't stop there. There are other several other schools sectional who are capable of knocking people off. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you come off a state title and some people want to talk about repeats or, or whatever, and I, I'm saying this, possibly the best team in the state of Class 2A is now in our sectional with possibly the best player in the state, uh, one of the best certainly, uh, not only 2A but all classes over the next few years in Pinter. And then we you go, you know, if you look past them, which I'm not going to, you have Linton Stockton who had, been our regional and they're another team that is a 2A title contender so um, you know we are definitely not overlooking a single program in our sectional because it is going to be very very challenging 
All right, Coach Ryan Miller of Providence with a great review of his club after the month of June and some summer basketball activity. Coach, uh, the state championship, as we let you go here, the state championship I know has meant so much to you and the Providence community. Does it still seem a little bit like a, a dream, as you had mentioned to us the last time we spoke, or is it beginning to sink in that, hey, uh, this group of guys and this coaching staff, we actually did it. We, we brought that back to Southern Indiana. You know, I, I look forward to, to talking to you more about this at some point as you were part of the 2016 New Albany State Champ team and, and some other coaches as well. But it's it's still one of those things where you're just like, did that happen? <laughs> um, you know? Uh, but it's, it's one of those things, you know, I think with many things, you're, you're just working so hard and you're so focused with, with your group of, of coaches and, and your players, your guys, and it's just uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things that, like I said, the best word I can I can have for it is just so grateful um, for for not only the net result, you know, the accomplishment, but just as much and even more so the experiences. You know, as, as I told our coaches when we when we got to the final, you know, we said, hey, we want to we want to show up here, you know, prepared, ready to win this thing. But wow, before we even played it, we said, let's take a step back here and just just reflect for a moment just how awesome this experience has been. We said, boy, if we could just get back here again, just just what a wonderful experience for our, for our players, for our coaching staff, for our families, for our whole community, uh, to see all of Southern Indiana, you know, other coaches, uh, you know, show their support as well. Um, we really do have a special area, I think, when it comes to basketball and, and the coaches and programs and communities we have that are so passionate about the game and also really uh, quite supportive, especially the, the group of coaches we have here in Southern Indiana right now. Just a tremendous group of, of not only X's and O's basketball coaches, but, but great guys as well. And, uh, yeah, what, what a phenomenal uh, journey and, and run it was. And I honestly still don't know if it sunk in uh, completely, to be honest, but uh, we're certainly grateful for it. Great stuff. Ryan Miller of Providence. Coach, it's now July uh, coming out of this holiday weekend. I know you're basketball all the time, but I hope you get an opportunity to enjoy some time away before the school year and hoops restarts very soon. And as always, thanks for the uh, chance to catch up and talk Providence hoops today. Oh, hey, appreciate all you do, Matt, and always enjoy being on with you. Thanks so much. All right, absolutely. Ryan Miller with us here in this opening segment. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll switch gears and talk IU basketball in the next segment with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program in this segment 
Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest for the latest on IU basketball and more. And Mike, I tell you what, coming out of the 4th of July holiday, as we get back into the work week, uh, it's uh, July and it's time for basketball and it's time for recruiting and for coaches to hit the road. And that's what's going to happen very soon. So a lot of people think of this as the off season and it is, but there's going to be a lot of hoops played this month and a lot of news around where Mike Woodson and his staff are at and who they are watching most. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Matt. And it, it, a lot of times it's where Mike Woodson is not at, <laughs> which he, he seems to have taken a interesting approach to, to recruiting, and we can talk about that. But you're absolutely right. It's a um, you know it's kind of the home stretch of this the summer spring and summer AAU circuits. You got a live period this weekend with all the major circuits back in action. Um, I'm actually going to head down to sh- the Charlotte area and, and cover some of the Adidas action this this weekend. And um, you got Nike going on out in Kansas City, and then the, those and other circuits culminate a couple weekends after that with kind of their their championship weekends. People are maybe familiar with the Nike EYBL Peach Jam and uh, Adidas and, and Under Armour have similar things. So the, these next two to three weeks are kind of the, the major culmination of, you know, recruiting for, for the, the class of 2023, especially live periods for the coaches to take it all in. And, and you should see a lot of news and buzz come, come out of all that. Yeah, no question. And I, I guess uh, what I what, what had hoped to do here as we uh, begin our chat today is kind of set the scene for the month of July when the action gets underway. You mentioned you're going to begin in Charlotte, but where will some of the big events be in this opening period? And maybe some of the names that you expect to see IU coaches uh, flocking to and following their games the closest when this live period opens up. Yeah, so Adidas will be down in Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is uh, Charlotte suburbs. Uh, EYBL will be out in, in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, those, those are the main two. I, I don't know if Under Armour is actually in action this weekend or not, but, you know, Indiana and, and really everybody around the country is really focused on the class of 2023 for obvious reasons. It's it's the rising senior class, but, the you know, with the advent of the, the transfer portal, it, it's really kind of narrowed the focus of staff into really just the, the current class you know everybody's looking at 2024 and beyond they're issuing offers but but when it comes to actual serious recruitments the the heavy heavy focus is just on on the current state because because again the, the transfer portal comes into play and allows you to, to tinker with or adjust your roster kind of on the fly so it's really made everything more kind of short-minded short-circuited if you will so you know thinking about you know who who the staff is focused on uh in in 2023 i think it's become a relatively short list you know it could still grow if if guys that they're focused on you know don't pan out there's still other possibilities out there but the the guy that's generating probably the most buzz right now is xavier booker who uh coincidentally is not on either of those major circuits he's on an independent program called george hill out of indianapolis um uh, I don't know where they're playing this weekend, but but he's actually, you know, he, his recruitment is very national, you know, all the big players involved. It's been a very interesting process. I know we've talked about it here a few times, just he's gone from, 
completely under the radar to to one of the most coveted prospects in the in the country over the course of a year. Um, you know, when it comes to front court prospects, he's probably highest on the IU priority list right now. Six foot eleven, out of Indianapolis, who probably, in my mind, after watching him several times this this spring and summer, what really makes him attractive is the combination of that six foot eleven frame, which with a plus wingspan, who can really shoot the ball really well. I mean, I think he truly is a stretch for at the next level and could complement somebody like an Aronson Page out of Georgia, who I think is more, even though he's a few inches shorter than Booker, is more of a center. So you could almost have like a mismatch there where Booker, wherever he plays, could end up being taller than the center he's playing alongside. Um, you know, Page is 6'9 out of Atlanta. Indiana was one of the first schools to get offer him. He, he said, you know, a month or two ago that, that he was targeting and now you visit late summer, that appears to still be the case. He's on the Nike circuit playing with the Skills Factory, a, a program out of Georgia. Um, I think those are the, the two of the primary front court prospects. Another that's more of a, you know, kind of gra- gravitates to the, the hybrid 3-4, I would call, us, call it, is TJ Power out of Boston. Another Nike uh, BABC, the Boston area program. Uh, is who he plays for on the Nike circuit. Uh, really intriguing prospect to me of, of everyone Indiana's recruiting. I think I might like him the most just because he's so versatile, uh, you know, very skilled, can shoot the ball, can do a lot of different things. I think he's going to be a, a nice pickup for somebody as a four-year player who can contribute right away. Um, you know, he's 6'9 and can do a little bit of everything. And then you got Jamie Kaiser uh, on the Adidas circuit for the New World uh program out of the Baltimore area. That's a program that Kenya Hunter's closely aligned with. He's a six, six guy. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, Kaiser power page just have all Booker too. They've, they've all really blown up in the last year. These are guys that nobody was really paying much attention to until they had really strong springs and summers this year. And so Kaiser's another guy that Indiana's trying to, to uh, secure here here with a late push. So th- those are the primary guys. They, they also offered a guy, a Mar- a Marco Jackson. Really interesting offer for Indiana in the 2023 class because he's, he's a point guard, or if you want to call him a combo guard, I, I think that works too. But, you know, Indiana's current 2023 class has two guards, you know, point guard Gabe Cups, combo guard slash shooting guard Ja'Kai Newton. So to go in with uh, El Marco Jackson, he's six three. He's from New Jersey, really strong. You know, built like a Big Ten point guard, in my opinion. It was an interesting offer to come in just last week, given what they've already got in their class. So it shows you what they think about this kid, and that they're really open to recruiting talent at any position to the extent that it's available, and and they're receptive to to being recruited by Indiana. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com and follow him at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. I wanted to bring up Jordan Hulls with you today, and we didn't have many shows last week. We had some conflicts, and it was a summer vacation for me. But uh, Jordan did uh, meet with the media, uh, and it was a good time to kind of catch up with him. And I tell you, as I read some of the articles that came after his interview and uh, just – went through the quotes in the interview, the raw interview itself. 
uh, you just I immediately remembered what a quality individual he is, all the way going back to his playing days at IU, and even when I first met him as a high school basketball standout at Bloomington South. Uh, and you just that interview really made me realize what a catch he is for Mike Woodson uh, to have him, a former player back in Bloomington, someone that can still get out there and play with the guys. I think he had he said during the interview, and you were part of it, uh, that he had hit like 30-some-odd three-pointers consecutive just the day before. So clearly he's a guy that's still in shape, can still play, can get out there with the current team and help them on the court, not just coach them. Uh, so definitely playing an interesting role with this program from a recruiting perspective as well. He may not know everybody right now because he's been so disconnected playing over in Germany now for a number of years, but he's got the name and the pedigree and the connections to quickly make up some ground. He, Mike, really is going to be, I think, a valuable piece to Mike Woodson's staff. And as he gets more involved in recruiting and that role, that back-end role that he has right now, I can't help to think that some years from now, not too far down the line, he could be an IU assistant coach because if it's not at IU, somebody's going to be trying to get him in that role. Yeah, no, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it, it's a transition from that position to assistant that we just saw somebody from IU make. So it's, it's not some leap of faith to, to think that, that that can happen. And I, I would suspect that that's something that, that he would be very much amenable to and probably sees this as a step to kind of get his feet wet. I know when, when Brian Walsh was in that position, he was very much involved with kind of game planning and, you know, to the extent possible and allowed, you know, on the court type stuff, but certainly behind the scenes with, with watching film and prepping and just, you know, being in the room while, while the coaches do what they do to, to get ready for games. Um, in addition to the recruiting side, which is a big part of being an assistant as well. So yeah, there's no doubt that that makes a lot of sense, um, going, going forward. And I'm sure was part of the appeal for the, uh, potential prospects of that for, for him down the road. I, I think, you know, relative to what the role is as director of recruiting, I think Indiana did get somebody that, that brings a lot to the table, given that, you know, he already runs his own AAU program, JH1. He already runs a skills academy. He's got connections internationally from, from nine years playing overseas. And he's just a guy that's really well known in the Midwest, you know, both both as a player and from, from all that, those, those experiences. So, you know, you, you, those roles aren't typically, you know, given to, you know, guys that have been in, in the college game for 30 years. So to, so to get a guy with a pedigree that he, that he already has, I think it's a, it's a nice fit both for him and for Indiana. I, I think he'll do really well in that role. He's always been regarded as a guy that, that works very hard, going back to your point, as, as a high school kid and as a kid being recruited himself. Work ethic was never an issue, and I don't think anyone questions whether or not he'll he'll put in the work to to do well in in that role, I'm a little bit delinquent in writing my own article. I'm probably going to publish it here in about 15 minutes if people want to read it. But that's what it it kind of ties back, you know, who he was as a high school player and as a recruit. You know, flying under the radar, nobody was really paying much attention to him, and then all of a sudden he blew up, and just kind of that story and how it ties into what he's going to actually be looking for today sitting in that chair as the guy that's actually doing the recruiting. 
talking to Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, final topic I wanted to broach with you today is uh, it's kind of uh, maybe the potential for a good story, but uh, Jawan Morgan uh, is uh, leaving the Celtics. He's been traded to the Pacers as part of a deal that was announced earlier this month. So uh, Jawan coming back to the Hoosier State, uh, he didn't get a lot of opportunities for a very good Boston team, uh, but he did find his way in the mix occasionally. Going to be interesting to see with some of the other moves the Pacers have made recently, uh, what type of role he has for his, uh, I don't want to say his home state because he's not from here, but essentially Indiana, a lot of people would claim him. Going to be interesting to see what his role is for the Pacers next season. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you're you're right. He's he's a Missouri kid, but he... um... He will certainly be well received in Indiana if he can make the team and, and carve out a role. I mean, that's that's obviously job one. You know, the Pacers have his rights right now, but that you know doesn't doesn't guarantee anything in the NBA. His story since he left IU is the story of a lot of people. Just kind of you know right on that that fringe of NBA player. He spent a lot of time in the G League this past year. He was he's been with I believe three different NBA teams since he left IU. Just kind of you know, seeing bit roles here and there actually had a pretty significant role for the jazz, uh, in the, in the playoffs back in 2020. So it, it's just this up and down roller coaster ride, but I, I'm sure there's no doubt the Pacers would like to see it, it work out. It would certainly be a, a draw at the, the ticket office <laughs> if they could get him going and have him carve out a role, uh, you know, with that name ID. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. He's with us Tuesdays as we talk the latest with IU basketball and more. Mike, as always, thanks for the chat. Uh, We'll do it again next week. Okay, Matt. Thank you. We'll head to a commercial break here in just a moment. Thank you so much for being with us as we're back in the saddle this week. You can join us each weekday for this program at 11 a.m. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts. And really, wherever you listen to podcasts, all you have to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. We'll head to a break. We're back. Scheduled to have Jeff Rabjohns, the new publisher of the Pigs.com website, with us. Uh, We'll talk more IU hoops and conference realignment. Are we headed to super conferences? It sure seems that way. Jeff is next here on The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program for a quick chat with Jeff Rabjohns of pigs.com for IU basketball and more. And Jeff, before we start today, a congratulations to you, uh, the new publisher of the pigs.com website, which for many, many years has been the go-to source for IU basketball information with uh, Mike Pegram, our dear friend, announcing his retirement at the end of June. You uh, step up a few notches and congratulations on that new title. Well, thank you very much, man. I mean, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you, and obviously, uh, you know, Mike Begum set the standard. You know, we all know that, and it's been uh, a true privilege and joy just to just to work with Mike. 
um, and to uh, be able to have a chance to be publisher, you know, is something I really appreciate. Um, and I, I look at it like this. I look at it as like, you know, it's more of like the job is being a steward. And it's really what it is, you know, because uh, the Pigs.com community is terrific. Our staff is terrific. I mean, we're going to have four full-time people covering IU athletics, you know, four, which is, you know, a big step up. Um, so, I, I, you know, I appreciate the kind words, but, you know, it's Mike's site. He built it, and it's my job to, you know, um, you know, take care of it. And uh, like he said, don't wreck the, don't wreck the Porsche. I got it, boss. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Great stuff, Mike. Uh, talking with uh, Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com. Jeff, I, I saved this topic for you, and I'm just going to kind of let you go on it, and uh, I'll chime in and, and ask some follow-up questions. But this is the first show that we've had because of the holiday and because of uh, vacation last week to really unpack some of the movement in the Big Ten Conference, starting with UCLA and USC coming in in future seasons to the league. And, of course, once that was announced and confirmed publicly, the speculation has been, because it only makes sense that the Big Ten Conference would add some additional teams, perhaps some uh, to the western side of the United States, to join UCLA and USC. Take us through your reaction to this addition uh, to the Big Ten, what it means for IU basketball and even football. And then I guess part two when we get there is uh, if there are going to be some future additions likely, who would be the candidates that make the most sense? Sure. Uh, I look at it like this. I, I think, I think uh, expansion, change is just, you know, it, it's inevitable. So, like, if you're out there on the track during the Indy 500 and you're running laps at uh, 195 and all of a sudden the new lap pace is 200, you better get to 205. You, know, you, you better get ahead of the game. Otherwise, you're going to have problems. And, yeah, it's non-traditional to look at a map and go, what the heck, man? They're going to go out to L.A.? Of course, it, you look at a map and it goes, it's kind of a, what in the world is this? But you now have the Big Ten now has the top three media markets in the country, in New York, L.A., and Chicago. They have either top five or six, wherever you're going to put Philly and, and D.C. Um, different people have different, you know, mechanisms. But anyway, you have the top three, and you have, you know, five of the top seven or eight. Um, so that generates more revenue for everybody. You know, the pie is going to increase considerably from everything I've been told and everything I've read. Um, so I think that's a smart thing. That helps Indiana. That helps everybody, but it certainly helps Indiana. Um, and the other thing is, you you now create a national brand and a national landscape for your conference. You can go anywhere in the country and recruit whatever your sport is. Doesn't matter, and say you know we we are East Coast to the Midwest to the to the West Coast. And I, I think that's very helpful for the Big Ten again. I get the fact that, you know, you look at a map and you go, well, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I understand that. But let's just be real honest here. Most of these teams, they travel by private plane. Or they charter, okay? They're not traveling like you and me. We don't have to, you know, kind you know, <laughs> of book a flight and go, well, gosh, when are we going to get to LAX? Uh, you know, it's like, no, they decide. 
Um, so I think it's a really good thing. I think it's a beneficial thing. Um, and, and I think it's the smart thing. You know, I, I think, I think we're, in this, we're in a situation with, um, with what's being driven by television revenue that you have to grow. You have to. So, you know, grow more than your competition. Um, and as far as who do they add, I think you look at AU members uh, as far as, you know, the academic side. You know, that's what, that's what the Big Ten, you know, definitely wants their schools to look like. You know, I mean, some people say, well, Louisville's sitting right there. Clemson, what about, you know, different, you know, to this point, the Big Ten has not added academic lightweights. Um, no offense to those schools, but that's just the Big Ten's view. Um, and you look at research dollars, you know, I mean, you know, you, you, just, you just added two monsters. In, in, in UCLA and USC. And I understand sports and TV drive this. As far as who, who are they going to add, obviously, you know, Notre Dame's the big dog sitting in the chair going, who's coming after me? Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, you, you, you have to look at other schools on the West Coast, you know, Oregon, Washington, potentially Colorado. Um, you look east. Obviously, the two that jump out first are Duke and North Carolina. If the ACC is something where you can, like, you know, jump in and grab people from there, probably difficult, but maybe. Um, I, I think, I think at, the, at the end of the day, which the end of the day is not coming soon, I don't think, but it's coming. I think the Big Ten is either at 18 or 20 at some point in time. Jeff Rabjohnspeaks.com with a nice breakdown of UCLA and USC to the Big Ten and what the future could look like. Uh, my next question, and we've got a couple minutes left, Jeff, is are we headed, and I think the answer clearly is yes, but are we headed to a super conference scenario? And if we are, if it's going to be two of them or three of them, what could the future of college basketball and college football look like in that sort of model? Sure. I mean, you know, Matt, it looks like it right now with how aggressive the SEC has been, how aggressive the Big Ten has been. You know, you, you now have um, a new commissioner for the Big 12, Indiana University graduate, by the way. And so I, I think you're seeing aggression as far as building for the future. Um, and I do think we're going to have super conferences. Um, whether those are 16, 18, 20, you know, nobody's really sure. But I think with the, the amount of power that television has and the amount of ability that TV has to get things done, I mean, look, let's be real honest. 20 years ago, if somebody would have said, hey, you know what, Oklahoma's going to be in the SEC, so in Texas, people would have looked at you like you're loony, you know. And if you said, hey, you know what, UCLA is going to be in the Big Ten, people would have looked at you like you're really loony. You know, it's like, but these things are things that television has the power to get done. So I do think we're going to have, you know, mega conferences. I think it's going to be the three or four. The Big Ten is going to survive. Um, the Big Ten actually is going to thrive, let's be real honest. That television package, that thing's going to be a monster here in three or four years. Um, so you're going to have the Big Ten. You're going to have the SEC. If the Big 12 is able to grab some of the Pac-12 schools, you're going to have a Big 12. And then we'll see what happens with the ACC. But yeah, I think we're going to have mega conferences. And as far as college football goes, I don't think that's terribly scary because 
scheduling becomes so much easier. A playoff expansion, which in my opinion makes sense, becomes easier. Um, and then for basketball, I you know it it, it it makes things you know streamlined. Really, is what it does. So. Yeah, but I, but I do I do think we're headed toward making conferences. All right, great stuff, Jeff Rabjohnspeaks dot com. I knew that was the uh, the great subject for you today. Appreciate your insight, Jeff, with your new role. Look forward to catching up with you a few times a month here on the show. Thank you very much. Always, man, appreciate it. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Back with you Wednesday at eleven a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. WXVW Jefferson